Hey everyone, welcome to the 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. Great to have you with me today. So we are going to talk about 11 things Jesus didn't say. You know, we're called to be just like Jesus. We're in a series at our church called Just Like Jesus. We know that the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 5.1 that we need to imitate God in everything that we do. 1 John 2, 6 says that we should live like Jesus lived. So that means we should say what he said. We should say what Jesus said. We should love like Jesus loved, and we should do what Jesus did. And um, a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, we shared 11 things that Jesus said that we should say. So today, we're going we're gonna to talk about some things that Jesus didn't say. There's a lot of things that Jesus didn't say. So um, before we get into that, I do want to read 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power when we learned that he had invited us to share in his wonderful goodness. God made great and marvelous promises so that his nature would become part of us, that we would escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences of this world. We know there are a lot of corrupt influences, which is why we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, and we need to be like Jesus. And the easiest way to be like Jesus is to spend time with Jesus. If we will spend time with Him, then it'll be easier to be like Him. We know that like produces like. So as we hang out in His Word, and we know His Word, we will know His voice. In fact, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So if we're spending time with him in his word, in his presence, um, in prayer, talking to him, listening to him, it's going to be so much easier to be like him. So like we do every week on 41 Strong, we want to weigh everything against scripture, not by what's popular, just because an author said it, just because a preacher said it, just because I said it, doesn't necessarily mean it's true. We always go to the source, the Word of God. If Jesus said it, we should say it. If Jesus didn't say it, then we need to be careful not to say something that is contradictory to what the Word teaches. As followers of Jesus, we should embrace not only who Jesus is, but what He taught and what He said. In fact, He is the living Word. Um, recently on Facebook, I was just kind of um, trolling, um, just a, a, an argument that was that was going on, and I, I didn't want to jump into the argument because it, you're not going to change anybody's um, belief system through one Facebook post. And a lot of times, our arguments can get us nowhere. We can we can win an argument and lose a person. We don't want to do that. We want to be Jesus. And even if we're right, if we don't communicate our message in love, then our, our message doesn't mean anything. The Apostle Paul was very clear about that. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. There are a lot of Christians that have um, clanging symbol syndrome. They sound like a gong. And the Apostle Paul said, it doesn't matter how many gifts we have, it doesn't matter how many good deeds we are performing, if we don't have love, then it means nothing. And our message is meaningless as well. So we always got to come back to ma making sure that we communicate in love. And whenever there's arguments going, even Titus says to avoid foolish arguments and quarrels about the law because they're useless and vain. So we don't want to do that. In fact, today, I'm not, I'm not here to argue. I'm here just to share what... Jesus said, and we're going to share some things that Jesus didn't say that a lot of people think he did say. So we always, again, we're going back 
to the word of God. What does the Bible say? So as I was trolling this argument, there was a, a believer who, who literally typed these words. He says, don't give me what Paul said. I don't care what Paul said. I only care what Jesus said. Like, how far away from the word have we gotten to where we don't care what Paul said? Have we forgot that the word is the inspired? 66 books written by 40 authors, spans 1,500 years. It was written on three continents in three languages from 16 different countries. It all points to one hero of the story, Jesus. We have 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses of God speaking to us. And Jesus said that it's all him. Jesus said he is the living word. So we don't get to throw out what Paul said. In fact, I will always agree with Paul over a popular blogger, a popular author, or this super rad preacher. I'm always going to go to the word. The word trumps what anybody else says. So we don't get to throw out what Paul said. So we're going to find out today what did Jesus say? And then we'll talk about some things that he didn't say. And actually, we're going to spend most of our time today, all of our time, really talking about 11 things that Jesus didn't say. Hopefully, we'll, we'll get through them. So um, I also want to, I want to welcome everyone that's live on Facebook. I'm also um, streaming this live on Instagram as well. So I want to welcome those of you that are watching on Instagram today. We're here in the, the Widecast Studios downtown Peoria. And um, I'm just glad that you guys have taken some time just to, to hang out with me today. And um, I just want to remind you, though, always line everything up with the word. All right, here we go. Let's get into this. Let's, let's go through 11 things that, that Jesus didn't say, all right? Um, the first thing that Jesus didn't say is church really isn't that important, all right? I've had a lot of Christians tell me, you know what, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And you're right, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But if you are a genuine follower of Jesus, you will want to go to church. And there is a difference between going to church and being the church. All right, we are the church. But we should also want to go to church. And I'm going to give you five reasons why going to church is just as important as being the church, okay? Number one, the first reason why going to church is important is because Jesus died so it could exist. He died on the cross so the church could be birthed. And after Jesus went to the grave and came out of the grave, he appeared to, appeared to his disciples for 40 days. He commissioned them. He told them to wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to empower them with boldness. And that's exactly what happened. Peter preached the first message, and 3,000 people got saved, all right? We know that it matters, and numbers matter, because somebody counted, somebody recorded that 3,000 people gave their life to Christ when Peter stood up and preached the very first message. That's how the church was birthed, and it was routine from that point on, for them to gather together as the church, they met daily. They went to the temple daily. All right, most of our churches we have we have pretty much one worship experience a week. Um, our church has three different services. They're identical. They're the same. Where we invite people to come once a week. If people want more than that, we have a midweek Bible study led by our executive pastor for people that want to go deeper and go through Scripture verse by verse. But the early church, they met daily. They got together at the temple. They met in homes. They shared meals. 
Jesus died so the church could exist. Jesus died on the cross so we could participate as the church and go to church. All right, the second reason why church matters is because Jesus is the head of it. So if Jesus is the head of the church, then we should want to be a part of it and we should want to go to worship together with other like-minded believers. All right, number three, Jesus said that he is the one building the church. So we know that he died so it could exist. We know that he's the head of it. We know that he's the one building of it. So if he's the head and he's the one building, then I, I, I want to be a part of that. All right? The fourth reason why church matters and why going to church is just as important as being the church is because Jesus said the gates of hell cannot stop it. Matthew 16, 18, Remember what Jesus said to Peter, Peter, man, you're no longer Peter, you're, you're a rock and I'm going to build my church on it and the gates of hell can't stop it. The powers of hell cannot prevail. Let me read this to you in the New Living Translation. It says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church and the powers of hell cannot stop it, will not conquer it. So we should want to participate in something that hell cannot stop, right? We are the church. We want to go to church. We want to worship together. The fifth reason why church is just important, uh, being the, going to church is just as important as being the church, is because Jesus chose the local church to be the vehicle to advance his kingdom. The gospel is shared by the church. We're called to fulfill the Great Commission everywhere we go. And one easy way to get people into a place to respond to the gospel is to bring them to church. Church matters. This is why Hebrews says, don't get out of the habit of meeting together for worship. This is what the word says. Church should be a habit. We, I am the church, but I should go to church. Church, going to church, attending church should be habitual. It should be something that I do regularly. That's why Hebrews says, don't get out of the habit of meeting together like some have. Some people say, I don't need to go to church anymore. I'm just going to be a Christian at home. I, I, don't, need, I don't need to go to church. Hebrews says differently. Hebrews says it should be a habit. You should be gathering together, whether it's in your home with, with other believers having some type of church service, or whether it's going to a small church, a medium church, a mega church. You should be in church. That's what the word says. Don't get out of the habit of meeting together for worship like some have. Instead, it says meet all the more, encourage each other all the more until that day approaches when Jesus comes back. That means we should gather together corporately for worship until Jesus comes back. That's what his word says, and his word trumps my opinion. His word trumps what anybody else says. So we should want to do that. And here's why. Here's why the author of Hebrews said this, because we need encouragement from other believers. The word's important. I'm, we, we need the word when we gather together at church, but Jude tells us we should build ourselves up in a most holy faith. We have responsibility to build ourselves up. It's not my responsibility as a preacher to build you up. You got to build yourself up. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some tools all right, but it's ultimately your responsibility to build yourself up. It's your responsibility to, to pray, to talk, to listen to God. It's your responsibility to open up your word. It's your responsibility to put on some worship and get into his presence. All right, one of the reasons that we need to be in church, one of the benefits of being in church is encouragement. That's why Hebrews said, don't get out of the habit of meeting together for worship. Instead, encourage each other. 
You need to be in church so you can be encouraged, so other people can hold up your arms, so other people can speak words of encouragement. And you're like, I, I need to be in church because, man, when I'm in church, I'm in his presence, in his presence there's fullness of joy. But even beyond that, I need other people to help hold my arms up, to speak words of life over me. That's what Hebrews is saying. So Jesus never said church isn't that important. Jesus never said that you shouldn't go to church. In fact, he commissioned the disciples to meet, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit so the church could be birthed, so the church could exist. And their model was meeting and worshiping together regularly. So let's do that, all right? We spent a lot of time on that one, all right? The second thing that Jesus didn't say, all right? This is not in his word. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus never said, blessed are those who are more passionate about politics than they are their faith, all right? Jesus never said, blessed are those who are passionate about politics. Yet so many times on social media, I see people who call themselves Christians who are more passionate for their political posture, for their political stance, than they are about taking a stand for Jesus. In fact, I, I tweeted this a couple weeks ago. Christians who find themselves defending their political posture more than sharing their faith, they have bought into a different gospel. Be careful not, not to do that. The Apostle Paul had the opportunity to, to, to speak to the political leaders of his day. Did you know he never spoke to them about the safety of their country. He never talked to them about the wealth of their country. He never talked to them about the, um, the Roman dream or the American dream, right? He, he always preached Jesus. When the Apostle Paul had the opportunity to speak, speak to political, political parties, it was Jesus. We need to preach Jesus, not whether we're a Republican or a Democrat. Preach Jesus. I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat. Do you know Jesus? Be, be passionate about Jesus. Now, I'm not saying God can't use those who have a platform in a political arena, and that's their vocation. That's a, there's, there's, I'm not saying it's wrong to have conversations about politics. Please don't misunderstand me. All right, but be more passionate about Jesus. Let me read something to you in Titus chapter 3, verse 1. He says, Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. So yeah, we, we need to submit to our government. We need to submit to the officers. But here's, here's what the Apostle Paul said. Christians, we need to be obedient, always ready to do what is good, not to do what's bad. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. So if you use your social media platform to slander our president, no matter who it is, to slander our Congress, to slander people in general, man, that's not Jesus. We're called to share the gospel, and the gospel's good news. It's not bad news. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, not our rightness, right? It's not the fact that we can win an argument that's going to lead someone to Jesus. It's it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And Paul says, we can't slander anyone in government. We need to avoid quarreling. Instead, the Apostle Paul says that we should be gentle. Gentle. I need to be reminded of this sometimes, especially on social media. <coughs> Excuse me. 
We need to be gentle and show true humility to everyone, even on those on the other side, whatever side you're on. Be more passionate about Jesus. Use your platform to preach the gospel. Share the good news. Psalms 33, 12 says, What a joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people has chosen, he has chosen as his inheritance. So let's just preach Jesus, all right? Number, number three, the third thing that Jesus did not say, and it goes right along with this one that we just read, all right? Winning an argument is more important than winning a person. Jesus never said that. Jesus didn't have to win an argument. There were times where he chose to be silent, and then there were times where he chose to tell a story to communicate that he, he was right. But Jesus didn't have to win an argument. What makes us think we have to win some type of argument? You can win an argument and lose the person. Is that worth it? No. It's not about being a right. It's not about being right. It's about being Jesus. It's about loving people like, like Jesus. Jesus never said winning an argument is more important than winning a person. Titus 3.9 says, do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. How much time do we waste on Facebook arguing with people? And I will be the first to admit, I have been guilty of getting sucked in. I've been roped in on Twitter, and I've, man, I've, I've gone at it with people, and that never changes anybody's outcome. It never changes the outcome, I should say. It never changes anyone's belief. I can be right and still be wrong if I don't have love. The Apostle Paul says, if I'm a jerk, no one's listening to my message. We don't need to argue. We need to be Jesus. All right, number four. The fourth thing. That, that Jesus didn't say is being tolerant of all faiths is Christ-like. Jesus never said that. In fact, Jesus did say in John 14, 6 that he's the only way. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one, nobody can go to the Father except through Jesus. There's only one mediator between us and God. It's Jesus. There's no other path that leads to everlasting life with God other than Jesus. In fact, Jesus said that wide is the path that leads to destruction. Let me read this to you. Matthew chapter 7. Again, we weigh everything with Scripture. It doesn't matter what Chuck Tate says. It doesn't matter what the Pope says. It matters what Jesus says. It doesn't matter what Billy Graham says. It doesn't matter what your pastor says. Again, it doesn't matter what I say on this podcast. It matters what Jesus says. And what did Jesus say? Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 you can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. Notice he didn't say it's a wide gate and everybody gets in, everybody's going to heaven, praise the Lord. No, he said you can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. Did you know Jesus talked about hell more than heaven? That hell is real and people do send themselves there by rejecting Jesus. Jesus is the one who taught this. I'm not judging anyone. I am just quoting what Jesus said. And he said, the highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who will choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Notice Jesus did not say, 
everyone is going to heaven. Everyone can go to heaven if they choose Jesus, if they receive salvation. When we turn from our sins, we surrender to Jesus, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and the Bible says then we are saved. We are born again. So let's not say what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say everyone's going to heaven, all right? Jesus said there's a lot of people going to hell. The gate to salvation is narrow, and few find it. Man, I'm, I'm glad I found it. I'm not better than anyone else, but thank God I have found Jesus. And we'll, we'll spend more, more time on that. Here's what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said before he passed away, we have become tolerant about divorce, the use of alcohol, delinquency, wickedness in high places, immorality, crime, and godlessness. We have been sapped of conviction, drained of our beliefs, and we are bereft of our faith. And he wasn't being judgmental. He said, we got to get back to Jesus. We're not called to be tolerant of all faiths. We're called to love people, period. We're called to love people like Jesus. But there's only one way, and it's Jesus. That's not popular today. That could get me unfriended on Facebook. That could get me unfollowed right now on Instagram. That could get me unfollowed on Twitter. But Jesus is the one who said it. Jesus said the world's going to hate us. He said, be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. Again, we always weigh everything with Scripture. We love Jesus. All right, the fifth thing that Jesus didn't say, I only have about seven minutes left. The fifth thing that Jesus didn't say is, hey, it's your body. Do whatever you want with it. Now, he did give us free will, but our body's not our own. Therefore, it's not our right to abort a baby it's not our right to go and, and sleep around with anyone. It's, it's not our body. It belongs to him. In fact, Jesus said our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.15, don't you realize that your, that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? Where the scripture says the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. This is why he says in verse 18, run from sexual sin. Run from sexual immorality. No other sin clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Our body is not our own. He says, you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So honor God with your body, all right, it's not our own, all right, so Jesus never said it's your body, do whatever you want with it. All right, number six, the sixth thing that Jesus did not say is, I will let you into heaven as long as you're a good person. Jesus didn't say that. He said the highway to hell was broad. The only way to heaven is through a narrow gate through Jesus. I just read that scripture here a little bit ago. Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned. Everyone's fallen short. Just because you are a, quote, good person does not mean you get into heaven, but so many people think that. Jesus loves sinners, but he's intolerant of sin. And the only way to have that relationship with God restored is to acknowledge Jesus. I didn't say that. I'm just quoting what Jesus already said. In fact, Jesus said no one's good. Only the Father is good. 
So we've got to be careful what we say, which brings me, and we've got five minutes left, and I'll get to the all, all 11 before we let you go, but, you know, there's a viral video going around right now, and it's showing the, showing the Pope having compassion upon a little boy, and it's precious, and I love the fact that the, that the Pope just embraces this little child and loves on him, and, and um, man, that, that's really good. Um, but there are some things that he said that Jesus didn't say, and that's what concerns me with this video right now that's, man, being seen by millions and millions of people. Uh, there's a little boy whose dad was an atheist, according to the little boy. The boy's father was an atheist, and he died. So this boy is distraught that his dad went to hell. So he goes to the Pope, and he's pretty much asking the Pope where his dad's at. And... Um, I would never tell a little boy their dad's in hell. I would never tell anybody that anyone's in hell because only God knows that. I do know that the scripture is clear that if we don't have Jesus, we do go to hell. Jesus said that. We do, we do know that, but I, you never know if somebody calls out to God. We know Jesus forgave the man on the cross who called out to him, and he didn't go through any rituals. Jesus just told him, hey, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So I... I I, I, I've never, ever will point out to anybody that someone is in hell because I don't know if they ever called out to Jesus before they died, all right? So, but I also think we have to be very careful that we don't tell somebody that a deceased loved one went to heaven either. If we, if we don't know, we don't, we don't know. So in, in this video, the Pope employs, he implies that the boy's father went to heaven because of the father's good deeds of having his children baptized. Now, there is no place in Scripture that we get a free pass because of the decisions we made as a parent. Everyone gives an account. It's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment, we stand before God. So it doesn't matter how I raised my kids on whether I'm going to spend eternity in God's presence or not. According to Jesus, it's, it's if I've confessed... Jesus. So that's what, to, for me, was disturbing about this video. Uh, you know, we can't just create false hope. There's still a way to have compassion and communicate a message to a child who's hurting without just telling him, no, your dad went to heaven even though he was an atheist. We don't know that. He could have cried out to God, but we've got to be very careful. The Pope points out that this atheist father had all four of his children baptized. I also want to point out there's not one example in Scripture where a baby is baptized, an infant is baptized. It's great. It's really a form of dedication. I want to dedicate my kids to the Lord, but each person has to give an account. It's not, I can't determine whether my kids are going to heaven when they have to be able to determine that. And um, the Pope says, well, that this father, because he had his kids baptized, was a good man. Of course, what did Jesus say? No one's good. Only the Father, but, um, and the Pope asked this question, does God abandon his children to hell? And the scripture says that God is willing that no one perish, but people do perish, and there really is a hell, and people do go there because Jesus taught it. So I have to believe Jesus. The Pope told this little boy that God was proud of his father for having the kids baptized, and maybe God, I'm sure God was proud of this dad for having his kids dedicated to the Lord. But that doesn't give the dad a free pass if he dies an atheist. Again, I'm not saying the dad went to hell. Only God knows, only God knows that. 
But something else that was disturbing to me was he told the little boy to pray for his dad. There's no place in Scripture where we're to pray to anyone who's deceased. We're to pray to God. All right, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And there's scriptures all throughout the Word of God about prayer. But there's no examples of us praying to those who have been deceased. Again, we have to line everything up against scripture. What's the Word say? I'm not knocking the Pope for trying to give this boy hope and being compassionate and loving on him. But I don't think we can imply that any, anyone without Jesus is going to heaven. We don't, we don't, we don't know. We've got to be careful. Um, Jesus said it's a narrow gate if you find it. Jesus said no one's good, only the Father. There are no, no examples in Scripture of kids being baptized. We know that God won't leave us for, or forsake us, but people still go to hell for rejecting Jesus. Jesus taught that. There's no examples in Scripture of praying for anyone that's deceased. And by being, repeating all these things that Jesus said won't make me popular. There'll be a lot of people that won't like some of the things that I've shared today, but... Um, Jesus said, hey, people are going to hate you. It's a narrow gate if you find it. The only way to heaven, the only way to heaven has nothing to do with how you raise your kids. Has nothing to do with good, th- good deeds that we can even do. It's about what Jesus already did. He already paid the price on the cross. We just have to confess him and believe in our heart. We've got to put our faith in him. It's our confession of faith that gets us into heaven and nothing else. So let's, let's be clear about that. What's the word say? In the last days, people will be deceived. Even the elect will be deceived. A lot of Christians are embracing, uh, embracing um, things that are contradictory to the word of God. We've got to come back to the word. All right, well, I'm out of time. And uh, we only made it through six things that Jesus didn't say. I have 11. I'm going to put them in a blog. I'm going to post them. Um, within the next couple days so by the end of the week you'll have an opportunity to hear the rest all right Um, next week on 41 strong i have a friend named brian jackson he has an author he he is an author with a a book that will be released here in 2018 he has an incredible story that will inspire you to help you hold on and stand strong so don't miss next week as i sit down with brian jackson so um as i wrap this up let me just pray for you right now father right now just thank you for everyone who's listening We thank you, Jesus, that you're not mad at us, that you love us, that you want to forgive us. We want to be recipients of your grace and mercy. And I just pray for anyone today that's on the fence, anyone that hasn't responded to the good news. I just pray, Jesus, that they will confess you, Jesus, to be their Lord, that they will believe in their heart. They will put their faith in you, that you were raised from the dead. And your word says when we do that, we're saved, we're born again, and then you change us. I thank you, God, that another thing you didn't say is we don't have to behave before we belong. You take us just like we are today. We don't have to jump through any hoops. We just have to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I put my faith in you. Forgive me. Your word says you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we thank you for that today. We thank you for loving us. May we love people the way you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, thank you for hanging out with me today on 41 Strong. For more information, you can go to chuckytate.com, chuckytate.com. We look forward to seeing you next week. So for my producer, Mike Sable, I am out. PeoriaLife.com.